Let's continue and begin the conversation with our guest this afternoon. Ryan Kelly is the Chief Investment Officer at Hennessy Funds. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. I appreciate you being here. And uh, I, got, uh, I, I got Neil with me here as well, at least the GNOME version. So uh, kudos to, <laughs> to your guys' PR team. Uh, and I wasn't sure about this, but with the 40,000 Dow hat on it and the beard, it's staying on my desk. Uh, all right, let's talk some markets here, Ryan. What do you guys see? What is the view going into next year? Well, our, uh, our ubiquitous gnome, Neil Hennessy, yeah. chief market strategist uh, here at Hennessy Funds, uh, is calling for Dow 40,000 in the next 18 months. I think a few things are driving that. You know, as I look at the market, uh, you know, obviously PEs have gotten a little higher, but there's a lot of cash moving into the markets. There's a lot of cash still on the sidelines. Uh, there's a lot of just great earnings growth over the last, uh, since 2009, we've had, I think, 12% per year earnings growth, which has been quite uh, significant. And, uh, you know, we think that there's still uh, quite a quite a good room to run here, uh, given the strength of the economy at this point in time, uh, the uh, <clears throat> unemployment rate being so low, people have jobs, uh, wages are increasing. Uh, and in many ways, you know, money just continues to be invested into the market. Um, and so, yeah, here at Hennessy, we're still pretty, uh, pretty bullish going into next year. Um, we will probably see some corrections. Mm. Uh, that always happens. We're in a slight little pullback here right now. I think that obviously the biggest risk to the market is uh, the coronavirus and any new variants that come out. So as we get that information, as we have uh, potentially more that come out, that's going to continue to hit the market, uh, but you know, all-time all highs are the are the new norm here uh, for the S and P since uh, last August when it first hit a new high all-time high after the pandemic, you know, a year year plus ago. Uh, we've had 85 new all-time highs in the S and P 500, yeah. and only five days in between each subsequent all-time high uh, uh, on average. So, you know, this is really a market you don't want to be out. You might want to look in uh, to add some more when it pulls back, but uh, we're still pretty constructive. Now, Ryan, let's go back to that subject of cash. Uh, cash in the system, cash in the, on the sidelines. I mean, I'm looking at uh, you know uh, billions of dollars uh, roughly right now, uh, 2.3 trillion in crypto and some pretty weird stuff out there. So I hear you on and do not dispute the amount of cash flowing through the system, however, what about when we factor in a more hawkish Jay Powell and a stimulus that can't keep up with last year, at least not so far? How does that not start to tighten things up? It's a good question. Uh, I mean, we obviously have had uh, a big benefit from, um, you know, all of the fiscal stimulus from last year, uh, money going into individual people's pockets. You know, I think a lot of that might still be with us, but a lot has also passed. So we're still seeing consumers spending, I think it was up 1.7% in the third quarter. Um, you know, the holiday season will be telling uh, as far as our people continue to spend. Uh, you know, they're putting money into the market. There's, uh, I think, estimate of 900 billion being put into the market this year. We're almost there. Maybe we hit there already. That's a lot of flows into the, in, into the market. I think that people still see that that's, you know, a good place for, uh, for appreciation. Uh, it's worked well so far, and um, there's still, even with the a Fed moving more quickly to uh, reduce, uh, you know, to increase uh, the timeline for taper, 
tapering and for increasing interest rates, uh, there's still, you know, the market's still a good, pretty good place to be. What uh, do you, you know, this, this, what do you think we need to see from the fiscal side? We got the most recent injection, but uh, it was harder to come by, and there's still a lot of bickering, and I don't think that's editorializing. Even people labeled on the same team can't figure out what they want to do together. So how does that factor in coming off a year where we all got helicopter money in our, ca in our pockets, cash? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. I mean, on the, on the flip side, uh, you know, people still have sources of cash. Uh, they still have cash uh, on the sidelines. Uh, and in fact, um, you know, yes, a, a, I'm not sure whether a big, huge stimulus package is in the future at all, um, but I'm not sure we need that. Uh, another thing that we've been seeing recently is uh, loan refinances. And right now, um, people are re continuing to refinance loans down at this uh, interest rate. And uh, on average, over, over half the loans that are being refinanced are cash out refis greater than 5%, which mean that, means that people are mm. pulling from their equity in their house mm. to continue to get more cash as well. So Love that whatever point. the source is, there is there's still, uh, you know, I think the, the consumer is still pretty healthy. Fantastic point. Uh, one that people really don't give enough credit to. We talk about housing all the time. Uh, the price appreciation, the demand, the market, the lack of supply. Uh, but the fact that refinancing still happens and we just saw rates drop again. So then I guess we should expect some type of push and pull, right? Where every time the rate drops and people take advantage of this, they reprice their monthly budgets, is basically cash in their pocket too. Uh, so Ryan, then it sounds like we're kind of in this feedback loop with bonds, uh, where it all, I guess, depends on if you think long-term rates can either take off next year or if uh, housing just peaks out or, or something like that and then that bank account starts to, uh, that ATM machine lessens. Am I right? I mean, how? what are the risk points to that uh, right now positive force you're describing? Yeah, there's certainly risk there. I mean, if we want to talk really long-term, I mean, uh, rates where they are right now and uh, the fact that whatever savings you have or money sitting at the bank is basically earning you nothing, uh, that also does slow down the volume and velocity of money. Uh, right now, we're in that period. We've been there for many, many, many years. So longer term, much farther out, if we do see rates rise and people do see a much better, you know, even 1% on, on your deposit, and that's money in your pocket that you didn't see, that you're not seeing today. Um, so, you know, that's still not a huge, obviously, amount uh, that's going to want, that's going to make you want to pull money out of the equity markets to try to chase a 1% uh, CD. Um, but it is something that will benefit, that there are always, there's always a give and take to this uh, interest rate um, uh, movement. And, uh, you know, the other thing that we're looking at as far as uh, where to invest right now and, and how to sort of anticipate those kind of moves is um, financials. We have mm. two financial funds. Uh, they've done very well this year. You know, as you know, energy and financials, two of the worst performing sectors last year, now doing very well this year. We think the banks, you know, every time you see or hear about potential rise in rates, they get a bid. Uh, that's been quite, uh, um, quite beneficial. We also like uh, mid the mid-cap space. We think that the mid-caps um, do, uh, we, we've seen that they actually do better over time, over uh, any rolling 10-year period. 80% of the time, they, they beat both mm. the large caps and the small caps, and with a much less volatility. In fact, you, 
you spoke a lot about it uh, in the beginning of your show about how volatile the Russell 2000 is. And for investors that don't want to see that type of volatility, the mid caps are a good space to be. Okay. Uh, and within that group and in, in the broader market, energy, I think is the last one that I'd, that I'd bring up. I think that the energy space, the energy sector, um, <clears throat> this is obviously a benefit from inflation. Uh, we think that this, uh, you know, prices for crude up in the 70, $75 range, probably where we're going to be for quite some time. Mm, all right. We've seen reports and forecasts that we might see even speak, uh, sort of spike much higher this coming winter. Uh, all that is good for the energy companies. Okay. These energy companies are making huge cash flows, uh, huge re returns. Earnings per share growth is 46% this year, 30% next year, and yet they're still trading at about 11 times earnings versus the S&P at 21 times now. So, you know, we still think there's some half. room to go with the energy space as well. All right, so pay half for uh, for energy. Like the bank uh, talk as well, as we were discussing that this afternoon too, looking real solid despite the drop off in yields lately. Ryan, thank you for the analysis uh, and the look ahead to next year. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. Great stuff. Tell your team happy holidays. Thank you, Ryan, joining us from the Hennessy Funds Group.